Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Spider-Man, saving people every day, but still broke. Today on the show, I'm talking all about Stan Lee and his effect on me personally, but uh, his effect on society, and really one of the major, most important assets that he exhibited, and the, the, the greatest lesson that he brought onto the world, some of the, uh, some of the greatest lessons really, that he brought onto the world. A little bit about storytelling and, um, you know, connecting reality to fantasy in such a wonderful way. So we're going to dedicate this episode to the wonderful man, Stan Lee, Excelsior. Let's hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. Drums, Hey guys, uh, C-Note here, welcome to Dopamine, and um, I wanted to do a quick short episode to talk a little bit about Stan Lee and really talk about his most valuable asset that he brought to the world. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about my personal connection with him, and I think so many people share this vibe, this general notion that uh, he made us feel comfortable about loving comic books. He made such a massive cultural impact since since he became more publicly involved. I think it was in the 70s or 80s, and um, I'd say like the, the Lou Ferrigno Incredible Hulk was really the first sort of public pop culture television version of comic book stuff. I mean, there was other old shows, of course, um, the original Batman series and, and things like that. But I mean, in terms of Marvel and his, um, his, his contribution to the larger pop culture picture, I think that was really when it started. Um, he's just done so much stuff. And I think one of his most major assets was his, his development as a, his, his, ability to be inhibited by what people wanted, right? He always went his own path. He was always talking about doing your own thing and telling stories and connecting with people through those stories. And that resonates with me every time I think about him. He's just so, he's just this perfect balance between fantastical and reality like he's just this beautiful connection point between the two that he was able to take these amazing characters, these wonderful ideas and bring them into this place that felt, you know, real that they, he treated these characters as humans and gave us a connection point to these characters because we're going through life. We're struggling with paying rent the same way that Spider-Man was and, or is in many iterations and dealing with so many different problems he's dealt with he's he told stories of domestic abuse through comic books you know we talked about race he talked about um inequality when it comes through like the x-men comics and talked about world scale issues and small scale issues some of his heroes were lawyers and some of them were world leaders others were tech geniuses and so others were war hero, heroes and veterans and he just covered the gamut of 
all of these occupations that existed in reality, all of these problems that existed in reality, and attributed them to, uh, or combined them with these fantastical powers and characters, and really asked that question of, like, what would you do if you had these abilities in a real-world situation? And I think that connection point is amazing. I think that's why DC still struggles today with its film universe, because these characters are not the same as Marvel characters in the way that they're connected to reality. So many people love Batman, but they can't, uh, they can't necessarily relate to the level of brooding that that character does, right? After a while, you're like, you gotta, gotta get over it, right? <laughs> or there's something going on there. Or he's gotta go to therapy. Like, why isn't Batman in therapy? <laughs> right? Um, you know, uh, I don't know enough about the DC Batman comics, but I feel like at some point there, with, with Marvel and the way Stan Lee wrote these characters, he created a natural progression for them. He created all of these universes that were just incredible places to play and they gave people like me this this freedom to be myself this freedom to express myself this freedom to be a nerd like there are so many people that grew up in the 80s and 90s who are familiar with the time where it wasn't cool to be a nerd where if you talked about comic books you talked about video games you got shoved into a locker, or you got ridiculed, you got made fun of, you were belittled, you were seen as queer, or when it was a negative term, and uh, were seen as really any sort of negative, bad, insignificant, small thing, right? You were, you were not accepted in society, and it was not easy for you to to find a, a partner or to get a date or really find ways to express yourself. And Stanley was just a major part of every single person who is creatively expressing themselves through comic books, through storytelling, through video, through podcasting, through, through any thing that they've had difficulties with and, and through any kind of artistic medium, there are so many comic book artists who are telling stories and creating visuals and creating art and excited about expanding universes and storytelling and ideas. And all of that has come from him and his inhibition to want to just do what he wants to do. And he's got, again, so many amazing documentaries and stories of him sharing that perspective to do your thing, follow your dreams and not let anything stop you, you know, and many people could argue, and those people are jerks, that he's, you know, oh, an old white man, he was able to do whatever he wanted. He grew up through the Great Depression. Like, he had a lot of adversities that a lot of these kids today don't deal with, right? There are different struggles, different adversities that people have to deal with, and he had his, and he translated that into his hustle, you know, where he was a 17-year-old kid that was going to intern at what later became Marvel Studios, and he took every opportunity to 
tell stories and help and be a part of it and be a part of the growth, right? He just, when somebody needed him, he was there. When he had the opportunity to tell stories, he was there. He took every opportunity and continued to say yes to those things. And every time I saw him, every time I heard of him, he was always positive. He was always helping people. He was always listening to people. There's one moment that I'll never forget is that I didn't meet him, but I was in the same room as him at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, a few rows from the front. And um, this was a few years ago. So he was like 91, 92 years old, and he was still super sharp. And he would, even though he had trouble hearing, um, somebody came up to the mic and they asked the question, who would win in a fight, Wolverine or the Hulk? And Stanley was just like, well, okay, let me tell you an industry secret. Don't tell DC, don't tell anyone else, because this could change the game. But I'm going to let you know this one secret. It's up to the writers. (laughs) It is up to the writers to decide who wins. These are fictional characters. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And uh, that was like my favorite response, because... Uh, I think about it with like Dragon Ball and other nerd things all the time that we get kind of caught up in the expressions of these realities. And I think the beauty of what it is that he brought is he connected the real world to the fantastical world, right? So to not live too heavily in the real world and not live too heavily in the fantastical world. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm overthinking it and I'm sure that's not what he meant by it, but it was, seems like that is an expression of his entire reality is that he was just someone that danced in between these two worlds so eloquently that I think many of us would benefit from thinking about that a little bit more, right? Not taking these comic books too seriously, have fun with them, get excited about them, create, tell stories, but they are just that they are stories. They connect people, they help people, they motivate people, but To get attached to the nuances of of these stories and argue over them or have any kind of petty differences because of them is the same thing as getting angry over grammatical error, even though you understand what someone is trying to say. Like, the point is what someone is trying to say. So I think that connection point between two people is incredibly important as opposed to worrying about all of these little perfectionist details that satisfy the ego. That's a little bit of a jump, but I I think you know what I'm trying to say there. So the general idea here is that he was just this, that was his number one strength, I think, is that uninhibited balance between fantasy and reality and always doing everything that he wanted to do for himself. That tagline of his, the Excelsior tagline that he has, was an attempt for him to create the utmost individuality for himself. He wanted to create something that was so fun but absurd that his competitors wouldn't steal it, that they wouldn't even know how to spell it, (laughs) and it would be solely his, and that's just the term that he came up with, and he's been using it ever since, and... um, you know, there are, there's hashtag Excelsior going around Twitter and uh, he's just, he just touched so many lives and it's very rare to come across someone who has such a positive impact on humanity and reality and the way that we live. 
and the way that we fantasize. And I think all of that is an incredible legacy. I, I think everyone strives to have that. But at the same time, he would tell you to just not worry about it. And I think that's what happened. He wasn't worried about it. He didn't seem like he was very stressed about what his life would look like at 95. He was living in the moment. He was doing the next thing. He was just trying to tell stories. And through that, he became one of the greatest storytellers in human history. So thank you, Stanley, for everything that you've done. I think many of us, so many of us, are proud of what you've done. We're happy to have this legacy and to continue to carry the torch and share it and draw these characters and tell these stories, be excited for these movies, be excited for all these cameos that we've seen you in, and excited for the the last few that are coming with uh, particularly Avengers 4, I think is going to be his last one. So, um, you know, get those tissues ready for the end of Avengers 4, because that's going to be even even uh, uh, an even greater um, uh, an even greater intensely uh, uh, sad but powerful movie so I'm excited for it I'm excited that Stan Lee got to exist I'm excited that uh, all of these characters exist I'm excited that I've been able to gain a power of expression through emulating someone like him and it gives me life And for that, I'm eternally grateful. So that's my homage to Stan Lee. I know you've got your own story. So if you'd like to share them, I would love to share them through this podcast. Like, feel free to send them in. That would be amazing. And um, otherwise, Excelsior. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. RIP Stan Lee. See ya. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.